Hashtag blessed. I, I want to read a Bible verse and then we're going to ask some questions about that. But it's uh, Ephesians 1.3 says this. Uh, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Hashtag blessed. What does hashtag blessed mean when you type it into your Instagram? Because I tried it a few minutes ago with some of the kids up the back. I shouldn't say kids because you're basically adults. What does it mean? I'm really asking you. I want the right answer. Come on. What does hashtag blessed mean? Why would you, why would you put a photo on the, and, and have down the bottom you'd type in hashtag blessed? What would that photo be of? Something you're grateful for? Yeah. Something you feel blessed to have. Something blessed to have, yep, yeah. okay. Well, I can tell you some of the things I saw, right? I can't tell you about them all because some of them were... This is a, this is a, <laughs> but um, two friends hugging each other. That's cool. They're feeling blessed. One, one girl was looking out and there was a video, a nice view. She was obviously enjoying the view. She was feeling very blessed. Um, some people were... They had lots of little quotes. You know those little quotes that are meant to make you feel happy? The ones that you, you, you listen and you say, oh, that's so lovely, but you can never really do. But it's lovely anyway. Yeah, those ones? Yeah, yeah there was lots of those quotes. Hashtag blessed. Generally, it would mean something like you've got all your, 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 your friends, are, you have good friends with you. They really love you. Yeah, wouldn't that be good? Hashtag blessed. Everything's in its perfect place. Everybody likes me. Is there anyone here who everybody likes <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, um, I feel very good about myself. I have everything I need and could ever want. Uh, all my family are happy. Now I'm talking about the adults because, you know, young people don't care about their families, but old people want their... <laughs> oh, okay. Um, they want to have all their kids happy. Um, and, uh, you know, occasionally in life you have that moment of joy where everything feels good. It lasts for half a minute, sometimes a minute. And what you sort of have is this view that perhaps I could order my life and make everything so that that is the feeling I have all the time. Okay. Dream on princess. That's what you say to things like that. Um, but everyone actually searches and aches for to live a life which is blessed in that way, don't we? And everybody has schemes to get there. Um, the thing is about Instagram is even if you look through our Instagram feed and we do have one we set it up when we went on holidays a few years ago but there's not much in it after that but every photo you see you would see our family smiling yep we went to America didn't we Steph it was good and, and our family's smiling and we have great views and stuff like that. So, and it, it, actually, if you just knew that about my life, our life, you would say, our family is always happy and always smiling. Steph, was that what it was like on that trip? But every photo has a smiling. How could it not be, how could that not be true? <laughs> wow. Because, you see, let me tell you about influences. They're a lie. Right? It might sound horrible. No. Yeah, because... 
Yeah. But, you know, just so we, it feels like I'm picking on you guys, so I'm going to look over to the farmer side. Do you know you can actually get kind of farmer influences? And they're those farmers who work to get everything in their farm absolutely perfect, right? And, and they'll take photos of the best of crops. They don't seem to take photos of the average crops much, but the best of crops. Full dams, fat cattle, yeah, yeah. And that's how farming always is, isn't it, Rob? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, when we come out of the 2019 drought, the thing that disappointed me most is that we didn't take any photos of what the countryside looked like in the drought. But there's lots of photos of the good crops. Hey. Yeah, hashtag drought. Okay. I can say this. I, I, I feel uh, as a man very blessed, but I can say this, and this is with all honesty, and I love my family, but my blessing doesn't come because my family are happy, and sometimes they are. Uh, it doesn't come because I have a nice house, although that's good, and I've got good cars, and I've got a, a loving wife, um, and you see, those things are, are something, but blessing comes... True blessing, and I'm talking about a blessing which is, if I use the word deep, I mean deep within the soul, deep within the heart. Blessing comes from knowing God the Father. When you know him, you know everything that you need to know to make you blessed. Because there was no photos in the blessed hashtag thing of somebody in hospital. I noticed that. Because we went visiting yesterday to someone in the hospital. And the day before. And the day before, which means they've been in hospital for a long time. And, and there's someone uh, sitting in pain. Can that person be hashtag blessed? Yes. Because we're talking about a deep blessing. Okay. Comes because we know God the Father, comes because we know something that Jesus has done for us, and because the Holy Spirit who is in us. And I want to tell you this there is a great blessing to be had in life, but it comes from God alone. Okay? All right, we're going to talk about this. We're looking at a passage that runs on from this. We're looking at Ephesians chapter 2. It's probably a passage you've heard before. It, it starts off, it, this is a realistic view of what humanity looks like. Okay. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. As for you, you were dead in your sins. Dead, dead's a horrible word, isn't it? Because if, you've, um, if something's dead, it's kind of like there is no more hope for that thing or person or whatever. Dead is just dead, isn't it? It's a very sad thing, uh, death. Uh, and the, the thing that's dead is helpless to change its condition. If you've ever been walking somewhere and you've seen a dead bird, right, there's two things that can't happen. First, the bird can't muscle up its energy and say, I'm going to come back to life. They can't do it. They're helpless. Secondly, you can't say, be alive. <laughs> you can't do anything about it either. 
you understand? So when we're dead in our sins, it means something that the Bible talks really about, a spiritual death, which is a separation from God, which has happened. Yes, we're still alive and we're still breathing, but we're dead to God. And the reason we're dead to God is because basically we've rejected him. If I were to be really serious, we'd say that every person in their heart has actually hated God. Now, that might sound like something you might go, I don't really hate God. I just don't quite want to go his way. (laughs) Yeah? But, you see, what happens because of sin and the heart of sin is basically saying, God, I don't want you. I don't want your ways. I don't want to be the person that you want me to be. I want to live my own life. I am a self-made man, woman, girl, boy. Um, when, when the devil said to Adam and Eve in the garden, ah, it's going to be great, you eat this fruit that God said not to eat and you're going to be like God. It's going to be so good. You see, in everything that we could do of ourselves promises life All people, whether they be old or young, have promises made to them. If I do this, I'm going to have life, deep life, blessing. Okay. What? But sin is a rejection of God's way to attain that. In other words, I'm going to. I've I've got a way. I mean, you ever heard of the Australian dream? where you get married, you have kids, you own your own house, you own your own car, and, and you can see the rainbow over the top of that house, can't you? It's the Australian dream too. We, we pinched it. Uh, what about the Canadian one? Igloos. Igloos. <laughs> um, it's a dream of blessing and life, which ignores the only place where we can get blessing in life, from God. And what he's done for us. So here we are. We're dead in our sin. So just answer. answer. If we said, what's wrong with the world? Okay. Well, there's an evil bloke called uh, Putin who's invaded Ukraine. And all the people in Ukraine are good and all the people in Russia are evil, right? That's, yeah, okay. Something like that. Okay. Uh, There's evil people in the world who do evil things. But basically, people would say, basically, we've got good hearts. That's what you hear people say. All people are good, but they just sometimes make some little stuff-ups and stuff like that. No, what's wrong with this world is that every person, and he's about to say this, all of you, uh, all of us live that way. That's the next verse. Every person has a heart which is basically against God. Everybody. So what's wrong with this world? The human heart. You see... When, when we see the news and it says, what's wrong with, there's, there's, a, there's a man who uh, treats his wife badly. What's wrong with the world? That man. There's a, a person who does this evil, who does this crime. That's the problem. But no one stops to say, where did that evil come from? It comes from a heart which is against God. And that is what's wrong with the world. If I say, what's wrong with the world? What we should all do, do is put up our hands. Say, Me. I'm what's wrong with this world. Do you understand? So what he's saying is uh, all of us who are under this power of disobedience, all of us lived like this at one time. All of us were against God, replacing his ways with our own ways. We were dead in our sin. Um, 
Now, this is all not bad news. Don't think I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to give you all a hard time. But I, what I am saying is that every person without the work of God, without what he's done, has a heart which is evil. And all that will come out of it, even though it might look nice, will be evil. But that's not the end of the story because he started by saying uh, this, uh, as for you, you were dead in your sins. This is not how it is now. Uh, All of us lived like this at one time. But something has happened to change this. Okay, we used to live this, but everyone has lived this way. Okay. How are you going with this? Just going to get a little bit worse, just for a second, and uh, and, uh, and then you, well, but but we need to have a realistic view of life. He says all of us lived this way, uh, lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Wrath. Do you know what wrath is? It's anger. Anger. Well, anger sounds very bad, especially when we're talking here about God's anger. Is it right? I mean, we don't really like the idea of God being angry. Um, is it right for God to be angry with sin? It, yeah? Think of it like this. If you're watching the news and you've heard about, I don't know, Somebody doing something terrible to another person. Yeah. Do you ever get a bit angry about that? Should you get angry about that? Yeah. Yeah. There will be something very seriously wrong with you if you watched and you saw someone had done something terrible to someone and you thought, ah, whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah. God has to hate sin or else he couldn't be holy. And God is perfectly holy in that... Everything about him is always perfect. Therefore, he must hate sin and he must be angry with it. Does that make sense? If not, just imagine, just imagine you've got a policeman, and, and Rob would love this, just, he's driving along the highway doing 140 and the policeman pulls him over and says, nah, she'll be right, mate, off we go. Right, what sort of policeman have you got there? Yeah, right. Uh, Rob be really happy about that policeman. And then that same policeman sees somebody beat up another person and says, ah, you'll be right, mate. Don't worry about it. And then that same policeman sees someone murder another person. What sort of policeman have we got here? Someone who's evil. Sorry, Rob, but you you can't go 150 anymore. He's the only person in the room who does that. Um, God is holy and therefore he must always call sin, sin, mustn't he? He's got to. Otherwise, he would not be holy and he has to be rightly angry with sin, which makes a big problem for us when it has that word all. Because it means that all of us, in some sense, are under God's anger. And it's very difficult uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes we say, oh, that's the bad things we do, but it's not who we are. Right? But I can tell you, if someone lies to me, I call them a liar. Yeah? If someone murders, you don't say that it's a nice person who does murder. You call them a murderer, don't you? Because our actions are so linked to who we are. Is that, that's true, isn't it? Yep. 
And, and so um, that puts us in a bad place. It puts all people who have sinned and all people who have wrong hearts, all people under the wrath of God, anger of God, and all people in big trouble. That's the sum up. All of us, all of us, this is not me looking down on anyone else because uh, I know I'm a lot more evil than most of you, definitely the ones who I'm older than because I'm sinning and have been for a long time. But to sum up this, we're all dead in our sin. We all have no hope. We can't make ourselves alive. We have nothing we can do to fix the problem and we can't change ourselves. Have you ever tried to change yourself? Ever tried to change your views? If you're... If if you're a a young lady, you probably feel like this world paints a a picture of what you should look like, which is just unreal, and you feel like you fall short. So if you've ever... And and I I remember this mum saying once, I tell my daughter, who's 14, stand in front of the mirror and stare at yourself and say, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, and eventually you'll believe it. Do you think that's true? (laughs) Hey? (laughs) I didn't hear him. Is that what you do? That's, that's, that's uh, exactly what I do. <laughs> um, you know, it won't work. You can't change your thoughts. If you, you know what I mean? You, you can't do that. And if you've ever tried to change your actions, sometimes I want to turn over a new leaf and uh, I want to be a different person. And you try. And what happens before too long? You, get, you, you revert to default, who you are. Okay, so into this. Here's the situation. All of humanity are lost. But, this is a very good, very good but. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even where we we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. So, just imagine, firstly, what the love of God looks like in that if you, if you had somebody who only ever abused you and hated you and treated you bad, would you love them? Such is the love of God that when the whole of humanity was hating him, he loved them. And he did something for them. It says, God who is firstly rich in mercy. You know what mercy means? Mercy means you don't, get, you don't face the punishment that you should have faced. Okay? So um, means that, uh, it means that for no reason of your own, someone chose to show mercy on you. Okay? It's not something you earned. It's a bit like this. If, if, we, um, if you uh, were a person who does good in school... And your teacher is such a teacher that they would give a chocolate to the kids who do good. I mean, this type of hypothetical doesn't happen in real life. Teachers are always nasty, you know that. But let's just say that there was a nice teacher who gave good people chocolates. Is that mercy? Nice based on your behaviour, isn't it? If that teacher then, at the end of the day, gave the worst kid in the whole class who hadn't done anything, just been mucking up all day long, a chocolate... What's that? That's mercy. Yep, because there's nothing in the behaviour of the person that deserves what's happened. Do you get that? And, and uh, just a really interesting example, you could study it sometime if you wanted to work through Google, but some years, many years ago, a, the king of Thailand 
on a certain day, out of just for, for because he wanted to be known as merciful, let go all of the prisoners in prison. A whole lot of them. Yeah. Not now they still do something like in Thailand sometimes, but they do it for those who are well behaved. That's not mercy. That's kind of just lessening your sentence a bit. But he let go. Just imagine people who've been committed evil crimes just let go. That's what mercy is. Now I'll say this again. God who is rich in mercy made us alive in Christ. What have we done to deserve being made alive? Nothing. Yeah, you're getting that. You're good. Yeah. We've done nothing and God loved us and made us alive with Christ. This should make us a little bit happy because I said before we were helpless and hopeless and he's done something to change that. But it's what he's done. Okay. He has been merciful for us. He doesn't treat us as we sins deserve. Now, hang on, you go. Wait on, wait on, wait on, wait on. That means God's not holy because he's just let us off the hook. He's that copper who's just said, no, nah, you'll be right, mate. And that's what you're thinking, isn't it? Well, yeah, now I put it in your head. Okay. How can God not be angry with sinners and sin? And the answer is simple. He sent his son Jesus to stand in the place of God's anger. It, it, it's a, a word in the Bible, the Bible uses called propitiation, but it basically means uh, uh, it, it's like this. Um, God's anger is all aimed at Sophia for her sin and she is going to be burnt up and she's going to be destroyed, sorry, by that. And, and, and Jesus steps into the path of God's righteous anger and takes it all onto himself. And what's more, Jesus, who has always been perfect and righteous, gives his perfection to Sophia. So Jesus suffers and dies on the cross, and Sophia gets all of the blessings of God. Now you can put your own name in there. Okay? That's what Jesus has done for us. So God has remained holy in that, did someone die or was someone punished fully for the sin? Absolutely. Jesus was, who had done nothing wrong. And, but you see, it's even more amazing that Jesus is God's son. He is actually, even if we understand the Bible, he's part of God. God actually took the punishment himself for our sin. That tells you something about the love and grace and mercy of God. His grace is incredible. Now, grace, that's another word. That's not mercy. Is grace the same as mercy? It's like this. Just imagine this. The king lets you out of jail, even though you've done horrible things. That's mercy. You know what grace is? He says, come and live in the palace with me and eat at my table. That's grace. You didn't deserve anything. And he has taken your sins. He's borne them himself. He's taken the punishment himself. And then he said, now I'm going to make you my son or my daughter and I'm going to bring you up to my very table. Hopefully you're a bit happy about that. That's what God's done for you. God has done that. You didn't deserve it. None of us did. And it's a free gift. It's free to us. It wasn't free to God. It cost him his own son. Okay, 
So it uses the word we've been saved. We've been saved from death. We've been saved from the devil. We've been saved from punishment. We've been saved from hell. We've been saved from being abandoned by God. And then he says, this is the the bit where we're at his table. uh, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. God has showed us all this about himself because we now can know what it is to be hashtag blessed. And you know what it is to be hashtag blessed? It's not just to be saved. God didn't just say, right, here's a person full of sin, Aaron's got all this sin and I'm just going to wash him and make him clean. That'll be nice. He's washed and cleaned for, cleaned for a reason so that he could be in a relationship with God. He could live as a child of God. He was reconciled to God so that he could know God. Does that make sense? And that is where the blessing comes from, to know God. Then when you know him and when you know the love that he's shown you, what can stop that love? When did that love come to you? When you're at your worst. So are you going to be able to out-sin God? Are you going to be able to get away from him? His love for us. He, he has pursued us and chased us down. Okay, So where can you get outside of that blessing? When you're in being sick in bed in the hospital? You're not outside the blessing. You have the full hashtag blessed right then. When everything in life is going wrong, you have the full hashtag blessed. Do you understand? When you can't sleep because you've done something wrong or you haven't learnt for the test you've got tomorrow that you should have learnt for, you can still know the blessing of God because you're in a relationship with him and all is good. Even when, as this world goes, everything you take a photo of would not be blessed, you can know you're blessed. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is a deep blessing that will take you through everything you face in life. It's a blessing you need. And it comes only through him. It's a permanent blessing. And it's a blessing that finishes with us knowing God. And not only knowing God as in a relationship sense, we know God, we know what he's like. And we know he's good. For it is by grace you have been saved. So you are saved by his kindness, his grace. It is a gift of God. It's a gift to you. Not by works. Okay, So there's nothing you've done to earn it. So that no one can boast. Okay. You've been saved by grace through faith. Who knows what faith means? What's that? I, sorry, I'm, I'm dead. Okay, Hebrews 11 verse 1 gives us a definition of, of, what grace, of what faith looks like. But faith quite simply is this, it's to trust God. It's to rely on him. It's, it's to believe in him in the sense of, you know, sometimes I could say, I, you know, I believe in aliens. That's, that's not, not talking about that sort of belief. It's talking about a belief where you put your heart into it, where you know and trust that it's right. Okay. I, if, to have faith is to trust in God 
in who he is and what he's done. And it's not just that. It's to give up the trust we have in ourselves. It's to turn really from trusting yourself. To turn, you know, people say, believe in yourself. Yeah. It's to turn from that to trust in God. It's to turn from it's all about me. It's to turn from I'm going to build my own dreams. It's to turn from I'm going to make my own character, I'm going to find my own joy, I'm going to be in control of my life. It's to turn from selfishness to faith to trusting in God. And when we do that, can I say this from a personal point of view to anybody who's not trusting in God, you will never be disappointed in trusting in God because he will give you everything you need for life. That's not to say your life is going to be shiny and perfect. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not going to look like the hashtag blessed, but it will be the deep blessing because you will not only know God, but you will be who you were made to be. You'll never have it until you give up on yourself and you trust in Jesus when you put your faith in him. Because it is not from ourselves and it's not by works. It's all through him. So there's going to be no boasting. I'm not going to say, how good am I? I'm a Christian. All I can say is, how good is Jesus? Look what he's done for me. How good is he? No, there's no showing off. God is so good. And then, have a look at what it is. This is my last verse, so just I'm coming to the end if you're getting a bit tired. Um, what is it... What does it mean? You know, we started by saying it seemed like we were pretty worthless. We were all sinners and we were all not worth much. We couldn't do anything good. We were just evil hearts and all that. But when we trusted in Jesus, it says this, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Okay. We are his workmanship. He is shaping us. All who believe in him, he is shaping us to be absolutely wonderful people. Some, some Bibles don't have the word workmanship, they have the word masterpiece. That one says handiwork. We are God's handiwork. Masterpiece. He is shaping us into something very, very beautiful and we do good works which we were incapable of doing without him, but when we truly trust in him, then his Holy Spirit comes into us and his Holy Spirit drives us to be good, to really love people, to actually care for people. We actually become loving like he's loving. We become merciful as he's merciful. We become gracious. We actually love people who are horrible to us. Isn't that cool? God restores us and he remakes us to be the people we were created to be. And then we're blessed because we know him and we live as he made us to be. All of us, in one sense, we say it of young people sometimes, but it's, not, it, it, it's true of everybody. Um, we have our life before us, don't we? Yeah. And um, we don't know how long that's going to go for. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know where we're going to end up. We don't know who... Some of us know who we're going to marry because we're already married, but some of us don't. Some of us don't know where we're going to work. We don't know any of that. 
But I can tell you this. If you live by faith in Jesus Christ, you will live a blessed life. Whatever it takes you to. It will be good. That's what you were made for. I'm going to pray.